If you have your Bibles with you and want to look along, today I want to read from Genesis chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24, I want to read starting with verse 11. Read just a few verses of Scripture. I want to preach for just a few moments on this question. Can you pass the tests? Tests being plural. Can you pass the tests? Genesis 24 verse 11 says, And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day. Show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink, and she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And it happened before he had finished speaking that behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Melchi, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. I want to preach for a few moments again on can you pass the test. I want to speak today about four important truths, or you can call them characteristics, or tests that I believe you and I need to pass as being a part of the bride of Christ today. How many knows what the bride of Christ is? How many knows who the bride of Christ is? It's the church. It's us. It's the redeemed. This text that I just read is one of the most romantic love stories you'll ever read. About 80 verses of Scripture are devoted to this love story about Isaac and his bride-to-be, Rebecca. And I want you to get a hold of these four main characters that are in and out of this story. Let me introduce them to you very quickly. The first one I want to tell you about is Abraham. Abraham is the father of Isaac. Isaac is the groom. There's a wedding going to take place. Abraham is a picture in this story of God. He represents God the Father. Isaac is a beautiful picture in the Old Testament of, of Jesus Christ. Because Isaac is offered on an altar of sacrifice just as Jesus was on the cross of Calvary. The third character in this story, many believe it to be someone, a man by the name of Eleazar. If you search the scriptures, Eleazar is a beautiful picture of the Holy Ghost because he is commissioned, he is sent on a mission by the Father. In this story, Abraham, which represents God the Father, he is commissioned, Eleazar is, to go out and to find, he's on assignment to find a bride for Isaac, the son. And I believe that's exactly what the Holy Ghost is doing right now today. He is getting the bride, the church ready to meet the groom. How many believe that Jesus Christ is coming back soon? There's a rapture very near in our future. 
And I believe the Holy Ghost is working overtime right now in our lives and in our churches, preparing His bride to meet the groom. And I don't believe it's going to be long. I believe there are, the Holy Ghost is sending out wedding invitations right now. The fourth character and final character I want to mention to you is a young lady by the name of Rebecca. And Rebecca will be Isaac's bride. She's a beautiful picture of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, we have Abraham who represents the father. We have Isaac who represents the son. We have Eleazar who represents the Holy Ghost. And we have Rebecca who is the bride, the church of the Lord Jesus. Now I want to ask you a question today, Mount Holly. How many of you would like to have been given the assignment Eleazar had been given? of finding a bride for his master's son. Can you imagine trying to find somebody, somebody else a mate? I know we like to try to do that. We like to get in other people's business and play matchmaker. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. But how many would really like, if we were truthful, like that responsibility? That's a heavy responsibility. Hooking somebody up for life. I wish I could do that sometimes for my daughter and son. Go out and find that one. But Eleazar had been given that assignment. How would he know how to find her? How would he know what she was to look like? There's millions of women out there. What, what a, a monumental task he had. And what if his master was not pleased and got upset? So Eleazar says, I'm going to do this. I'm, I, instead of me running all over the creation trying to look and search for the perfect bride for my master's son, I'm going to let God bring her to me. Oh, if we would just take that advice, come on somebody, and when we're trying to find and, and run ourselves crazy finding us somebody to date or, or to marry or find the right job or, or the right place to live or the car or the whatever it may be, why don't we just drop, stop and say, God, I'm going to ask you to bring it. Let it come to me. Do you know God can do that today? That's what Eleazar did. He basically puts out a fleece. He says, God, I'm going to such and such place or a well, and when I get there, me and my camels, and when I get there, whichever woman comes up to me and offers me water, but not just me water, but offers to water all of my camels, that will be the sign that she is the bride to be for my master's son, Isaac. Now what I want you to understand and get a hold of today, church, in this story are four important truths and characteristics or tests that we've got to pass if we want to be the bride, the church of the living God. How many knows God is preparing His bride? He's preparing the church and there are some truths and characteristics that we need to possess if we want to be a part of His bride. There's some tests that we need to be able to pass today and I'm going to give them to you real quick number one the first test the woman had to pass if she was going to qualify to be the bride was she had to pass the water test somebody say water what does that mean? Well, the word says God told Eleazar you'll find the bride standing at the well and there she will offer you water and water to your camels 
Water in the scripture is a beautiful picture of the new birth. Jesus said in John chapter 3, except a man be born of water and of the spirit. Come on somebody, listen to, to me. I know I'm born again and I know that I am. When you were born the first time, your name was in the book of death. But when you got born the second time, your name was written in the book of life. When you were born the first time, you had an old nature but when you got born the second time you became a new creature when you were born the first time you were born a child of the devil into sin but the second time you were born you were born a child of the most high God are there anybody here today I'm preaching to that has not just been born from your mother's wound but you've been born again the second time you've been born of the water and of the spirit in other words you've been saved and bought by the blood and redeemed and you know where you're going if the rapture should take place before we get out of this service or the or something were to happen can I get a witness the Bible says let the redeemed of the Lord say so anybody redeemed anybody been born again in this house if you have we ought to stop right here and give God a high praise in this place hallelujah hallelujah the only way to the Father is still through the Son. I don't care what any other preacher tries to tell you. I don't care what Disney World tries to teach you. I don't care what the president and those up there this week are trying to pass crazy stuff that is against this book. I've come to tell you, Jesus Christ is still the answer. The Word of God will forever stand. Come on, somebody, give God a prayer. You still gotta be saved if you're going to make it to heaven. Hallelujah. So have you passed the water test? If you want to be a part of the bride of Christ, you've got to pass the water. You've got to be saved. Number one most important requirement to be a part of the bride of Christ is to be saved and born again. But there's a little bit more to the water test that I believe it represents. I want to go, somebody say, go a little deeper this morning. Understand salvation is priority, most important, but how many want to go further today? The water also speaks of water baptism. Acts 2 and 38, repent and maybe get baptized. Repent, consider getting baptized. No, it says plainly, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sin. It's a command. Are you saying, Pastor, that I've got to be water baptized to go to heaven? No. You've got to be saved. Water baptism won't save you. You get in this baptistry over here and you've not repented and gotten saved and, and given your heart to the Lord. You just get in the water thinking that's going to save you. You're going to go down a sinner and come up a wet sinner is the only difference it's going to make. Amen, preacher. 
But water baptism is essential and it is important and it is commanded by the Scripture. It is something that every one of us as born-again believers ought to participate in. Why? Because when you get baptized, I'm trying to pastor and help this church today. It's simply a testimony that your old ways and sin nature is going under and you're coming up a new creation in Jesus Christ. You're simply saying publicly, I'm not not ashamed to be a part of the army of God. I'm not ashamed to be a part of the bride of Christ. I've been changed. I've been washed. I'm a new creation, bless God. In Jesus, I'm born again. And I want to challenge every one of you here today, if you want to go deeper in your walk, you need to get baptized in water. And we just happen to be going to have a water baptism service on April 24th, the Sunday after Easter. And all you got to do is sign up for it. Amen? And you can take care of it in, a, in just before too long, water baptism. Have you passed the water test? Let me go a little deeper, though. Water also represents the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Jesus said in John chapter 7, If any man thirst, let him come unto me, and out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Folks, I've just got one question for you today. If you have not received the Holy Ghost, if you have not been baptized in the Holy Ghost, what in the world are you waiting on today? Now listen, when you get saved and born again, yes, the Holy Spirit dwells in you and lives in you, but there is an absolute difference in that and being baptized in the Holy Ghost. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? I'm glad you asked me. It does three things for you that we desperately need as the bride of Christ and His church. Number one, the Holy Ghost will edify you. Edify means He'll build you up. Do you know today if you get baptized in the Holy Ghost you can't stay depressed you can't stay down and out when you're full of the Spirit you can't dwell in the valley you can't dwell in the darkness you can't stay in the pity party you'll just pray yourself right out he'll build you up you can't go around grumbling and complaining and finding fault in everybody and everything the Holy Ghost has come to edify not to tear down to build up not to destroy we need the Holy Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will also enlighten you. I didn't go to seminary. I don't have a four-year degree in, in Bible, college, and training, and I'm not against it. I, everybody should go if they can. I didn't graduate from seminary. I, I did go through certain tests and mentorships and things through the church of God to get credentialed, and there's a lot I did have to go through. But John 14 says the Holy Ghost will lead you, and the Holy Ghost will guide you, and the Holy Ghost will show you things of God. There there's been times, just like you, I've picked up this book and I've opened it up and I've read things that I didn't comprehend and that I really didn't understand. And I had to say, Holy Ghost, I need you to enlighten the scripture to me. I need you to reveal it to me. I need you to show me the truth out of it. I can't understand it on my own. And do you know what? Many times he did. He let it just illuminate to my understanding. And if you're here today and you don't have the Holy Ghost and you're reading the Word of God and can't understand it, what you need is the Holy Ghost in your life to enlighten it to you. 
We need the Holy Ghost today as the bride of Christ. He'll edify you. He'll enlighten you. But He'll also energize you. And my, how we need that in these days. You can't be filled with the Holy Ghost and come to church and just sit. Holy Ghost will get to moving in a service like this and He'll energize you. <laughs> he'll put a praise deep in your heart. Can't contain my, I can't keep it in. Rivers of living water flowing out of me. I got to praise Him. I heard a story one time from another pastor, a preacher who told this story of how the Holy Ghost energized and enlightened a preacher, an old-time preacher by the name of Buckaloo. He was having a tent meeting and had just a few coming, and then it grew to 300, and then it grew to 1,000 at a tent meeting in attendance. This preacher, Buckaloo, had been arrested over 30 times for disturbing the peace. They were having such Holy Ghost-filled meetings. They were not ashamed. They were praising God. They were rejoicing. They were praying. They were singing. Finally, the officials in town got tired of it. They got tired of the complaints, and they pulled up, and they arrested Buckaloo again. The district attorney told him, I've got you now. I'm going to put you and lock you away for a minimum of three years. This preacher didn't know what in the world he was going to do. He didn't know what he was going to say to defend himself. He had to go before the judge. And the scripture, the scripture says this, when you don't know what to say in that hour, when they bring you before the judges, the Holy Ghost will tell you what to say. That's right here. And he remembered that scripture. So he walks into the courtroom. They would not even give him an attorney. This is way back. And they said the Holy Ghost filled that courtroom when they got in there. The attorney began to speak to that preacher. He said, sir, is it not true that your people come together and they lift their hands and they open their mouths and they rejoice and they sing and they shout and they praise and, and some of them speak in different languages? Is it not true? Is it not true? What is your answer to all of this, sir? And Buckaloo said immediately, the energizing power of the Holy Ghost hit him in that courtroom. He didn't know what he was going to do, but all of a sudden he stood up on two feet and he gave, the God gave him a scripture from Proverbs and he quoted it and he said, answer not a fool in his folly, lest you become a fool just like him. And when he quoted the word of God, they said, the Holy Ghost swept through that courtroom and all 300 in that room began to shout and begin to leap and begin to praise God under the power of God and the judge slammed his gavel down and said case dismissed get them out of my courtroom I can't do anything with them anyway I've come to tell you we need the Holy Ghost church we need the Holy Ghost as the bride of Christ to energize us again to enlighten us, to edify us, praise God. Have you passed the water test? Are you saved today? Have you been water baptized? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? You may be here in this room and completely drained. You're at your breaking point. The Holy Ghost is here to refresh you and energize you.
The bride had to pass the water test. She had to bring water. Water represents the new birth. It represents water baptism. It represents the Holy Ghost. She had to pass that test in order to be Isaac's bride. And she passed it because she brought water to Eleazar. But not just him. He was specific. But for all of his camels. And she passed. The next test in order to be the bride... She had to pass was something called the gifts test. Eleazar, which represents the Holy Spirit, walks over to her and in his hands he has gifts to give her. Earrings, big earrings, half a shekel. Bracelets for her wrists and hands and ten shekels of gold he's bringing to give to the future bride. Now watch this, the bride would not have qualified to be the bride for Isaac if she had turned the gifts down and said no thank you, but she had to reach out and say I received these gifts from you Eleazar which represented the Holy Ghost. How many know today that the Holy Ghost has gifts? The gifts of the Spirit. I won't take the time to teach on all of those today, but the earrings, the, the gift, the earring from Eleazar represents the gifts of hearing, the prophecy, tongues, interpretation, the gifts that were to be put on her hands and wrists, the bracelets represent the gifts of miracles and healing and faith. The ten shekels of gold he gave her. Gold represents divinity, that which only God can give. Words of knowledge, wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. In other words, it's a beautiful picture of the bride or the church who has been given gifts and they're decked out in all the gifts and everybody could look upon her and take notice. Can I tell you today, Mount Holly, it's not time for Mount Holly to be just a good little church who's saved and satisfied and complacent and okay with everything going on right now. But it's time for the supernatural moving of the Holy Ghost. It's time for us to reach out and receive the gifts of the Spirit and be the bride, the church of Jesus that He is wanting us to be. I've come today to challenge this house. It's time for us to extend our hands to to the Holy Ghost and say, Holy Ghost, we desire the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation because when we've got the gifts operating in the house, we'll be more effective, we'll be more powerful, we'll see more souls won, we'll see miracles take place, we'll see healings, we'll see breakthroughs, but that's the key. Come on, does anybody believe what I'm preaching? Does anybody, is anybody open today still to the gifts of the Spirit does anybody believe they're still real? If you do, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Begin to think, Lord, if we're living in the last days, why are we not seeing miracles? Look at, look at for a moment the gifts Eleazar gave Rebecca the bride. Eleazar represents the Holy Ghost. The bride, Rebecca, represents the church. 
The Holy Ghost is in the gift-giving business. He's wanting to give the church, you and I, gifts. But look at the gifts He's offering. I just mentioned them to you. Uh, Prophecy, tongues, interpretation, miracles, healing, faith, word of knowledge, wisdom, discerning of spirits. If you look and think about these gifts that He's wanting to give us, they're not cheap. They cost something. And to receive these gifts, it cost us praying. It's going to cost us fasting. It's going to cost us yielding. It's going to cost us. We've got to be open. We've got to be willing to say, Lord, I desire them. I want them. And when we pay the price, God will send the gifts. The Bible described Rebecca the bride as fair to look upon, beautiful. And now, on top of that, she had been given beautiful gifts. She had gold, she had earrings, she had bracelets. And now people would notice and take note. I believe there's an end time revival coming. And if we're willing to pay the price, God will give us gifts that will cause this community to rise up and take notice of this church. Not because of a beautiful facility or someone on the platform or this, but because of the gifts of the Spirit in operation and things are actually happening. Am I just preaching to me? Does anybody get this today? Anybody want this today? Am I old-fashioned today? Or... This is in the Bible. Hallelujah. God will give us gifts that will cause this community. I'm talking about people getting up out of wheelchairs, cancer drying up, incurable diseases taken, being, the lost being saved, marriage is restored. We need the gifts of the Spirit to see those things happen. The third test, she passed the water test and she passed the gift test because she reached out and she received them. And the third test she had to pass to become the bride was a test called the character test. Character test. Rebecca showed an uncommon act of kindness to Eleazar by offering not just water to him but his camels. You see, back then, there was a law that if a stranger came and needed help, you were required to give them shelter and wash their feet. And that was it. But Rebecca, the bride, goes out of her way and gives and then gives even more. She probably spends hours watering that... Ten camels. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I've researched it before. But a, one, one camel can, I believe, hold gallons and gallons of water. And back then, they didn't hook up a water hose and bring it out. They went to the well, and they drew water, and she toted it. And she went back and went back and went forth, bringing water to Eleazar and ten camels. And the church that Jesus Christ is coming back for, the bride that He's preparing to come back for, cannot be a bride that is ignoring the needs around it. 
Listen, church, we cannot look out at the mission field, and the mission field can be our back door here. It can be in our community. It can be overseas somewhere. But we cannot look at the mission field and say that's their problem. We can't look at needs in this community, needs with people in our church, and say that's their problem. Rebecca showed uncommon kindness and it paid off because she passed the test and she would become the bride of Isaac. She would become the great, great, great grandmother of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 25, when I was hungry, you gave me meat. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was a stranger, you took me in. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you visited me. When I was in prison, you came unto me. And when you do these things, you do it unto Him. That's why church, to be the bride of Christ, we not only need to pass the water test, the gift test, but we need to pass the character test. We're not a church called here to come together and have a good time on Sunday and Wednesday and nothing else happen. We are a church that has been called to serve and to give and to reach out and to help. The scripture is plainly that we are to help the hungry. We're to help the thirsty. We're to help the stranger. We're to clothe the naked. We're to visit the sick. We're to help the widows. We're to help those in prison. And I thank God I can stand here today and tell you we are doing some of those things. Are we doing everything we need to do maybe not yet but we're getting there and we're going to get there with God's grace and help and with your involvement today I thank God we are we are feeding people and giving people food and drink we're helping missions God we're doing things can somebody give God praise for that right there hallelujah and there's going to be other things the Lord leads us and calls us to do as we move forward. But she passed the character test. And then the last test I want to give you is the obedience test she passed. Imagine Eleazar watching Rebecca as she's bringing water to the first camel, then the second, doing it all over the third, the fourth, all the way to the tenth camel. And he's sitting there watching all this kindness, all this hard work. He didn't ask her to do this. He didn't know she had made a fleece with the Lord and that was one of the requirements, one of the tests to pass. But out of uncommon kindness and generosity, here she comes. And he's sitting there, wow, I cannot believe this is actually happening. This thing is born of the Lord. This thing is meant to be. And the Bible says Eleazar followed her home that night. He knocks on the front door and her mom and dad opens the door. He begins to tell them about this fleece, how Abraham sent him to find a bride for his son Isaac and how Rebekah had fulfilled that fleece to the detail. And the Bible says Rebekah's father says, I perceive this thing is from God. God is in this, but I need to check it out for myself. He says, give us just 10 days and let Rebekah stay here. Here, let us talk it over, then we'll bring her to you. 
But can I tell you today something, church? When God says move, it's time to move. When God says to do it, it's time to do it. When God says act, it's time to act. And that's what he means. When God gives you a word, you better do what he says. And Eleazar steps back and says, Sir, you don't understand. The wedding ceremony is already in progress. The groom is already dressed and waiting. It's either yes or no, obey or disobey. And can I tell you, sir or ma'am, in this room, there's a wedding already getting ready to take place. The invitations by the Holy Ghost have been sent and are being sent right now. And it's up to you today to obey or disobey. Have you passed the water test? Are you saved? Are you born again? Are you ready? Eleazar bypasses the parents at this point and he looks to Rebecca and he says, will you go? And she said, I'll go. And the Word of God says she passed the obedience test. And understand today, I'm not asking you what you want or what your opinion is. I'm asking you, are you wanting and doing what God wants you to do today? How many of you have said to God, I'll go? Or I'll stop doing that and I'll start doing that or I'll give that up. And you must say, Lord, I will go. I will be obedient. And after she says, I'll go, we see a beautiful picture of the rapture in this story. And I'm getting ready to close. The Bible says she mounts and she gets on that camel and she goes to a strange land. While she's coming, Isaac, her groom, future groom, which represents Jesus, is out in the field walking and meditating. I can see him pacing. Can you imagine? He's anticipating. When's my bride coming? When am I going to get to get my bride? When am I going to get to meet my bride? Can't you just picture Jesus in heaven right now? That gets me excited. God, when am I going? When's the trumpet going to sound? When are you going to look to Gabriel? I'm ready. When can I go get my bride, the one I died for? The one I hung on that cross and shed my blood. I want to go get them. Can't you see him pacing in heaven back and forth? I'm ready. And I believe at any moment the Lord could turn to Gabriel and say, Gabriel, sound the trumpet. Son, go get your children and bring them home. And this story is a beautiful picture of that. Isaac is in the field and he all of a sudden gets a glimpse of a train of camels coming. His heart leaps and I wonder, he wonders, is this her? Could this be her? And he takes off running. He sees Eleazar and this is it. I see somebody on the back of the other camel. Finally he gets closer and it's the moment of all moments. Their eyes lock on each other. The Bible says Rebecca turns to Eleazar and says, What manner of man is this? Speaking of Isaac. And can you imagine what it's going to be like when we see Jesus, the bridegroom face to face? Psalm 15 says it like this, And they shall behold his face in righteousness. 
The Bible closes the story when it, when it says, And he loved her, and he took her, and he made her his bride. As the worship team comes, I'm reminded of an old song. It says, What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by His grace. Then He'll take me by His hand and lead me through the promised land. What a day. A glorious day that will be. Can you pass these tests today? Can you pass the water tests, the gift tests, the character tests, the obedience tests today? God is speaking to his bride, his church. He wants us to be ready.